Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Father Almighty God, we just wanted to say thank you so much for tonight. We ask for the help of the Holy Spirit and we ask that he guides us in all that we do. We commit tonight into your hands. We ask, Father Almighty God, that your grace, your favor, and your kindness help us as we go. We ask that you make the Bible simple. And we ask, O oh Lord, that God is kind to us. And Father Almighty God, complete that which you have started. Take us through into the new. And we ask it in Jesus' most holy name. Amen and amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what we're going to do um, from where from where we stopped last week, so we've got two things to look at today. Um, we're going to be looking at humility, and then we're going to look at um, love, which should be interesting. And then we'll basically wrap that up. Again, if you would, um, if you have any questions, pop them into the chat. Um, we'll have a few conversations. Um, it's great to see you all. Um, I can see lots and lots and lots of names. And yes. So it's great to see you all and God will be kind to us tonight. So let's start. So first thing we're going to, where we, where we left off last week was on a conversation about humility. And so let's have a look at um, what the, that's the first thing we'll look at and then we'll go from there. So what we'll do, looking at humility please turn in your bibles let me let's use um, a, a straightforward scripture and then we'll get into the tonight's discussion first peter chapter five and we're going to read from verses five to seven and so again because we've got two things to complete tonight I, um we're going to move around a bit and god will be kind in that manner i'm reading from first peter five verse five now reading the modern king james um i'm going to I probably will go into the King James Version of the Bible. If there's anything unusual, I will explain it as we go. First Peter 5, 5. Likewise, younger ones be subject to older ones and all being subject one to another. The Bible then says, put on humility for God resists the proud ones and he gives grace to the humble. Really powerful scripture. And he says, therefore, be humbled under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time. Verse seven, casting all your anxiety onto him for he cares for you. So that's going to be our first scripture because we want to look at two things tonight. And so our first scripture is First Peter 5, 1 Peter 5, verses 5 to 7. So ladies and gentlemen, what I'd like you to do um, is, can anybody tell me in their opinion, what does humility mean? Um, what does humility mean? Or give me an example rather than um, we, we'll probably break it. We'll break it down later. Yes, I agree. But what does humility mean according, um, to you? What does it mean? Can anybody pop? You could put your answers into the chat. That would be fantastic if you, if you would like to do so. That's That would be great. Um, what does humility mean? Um, and then what I'll do is I'll I'll break it down from there. Okay, not to think of oneself higher than others. Not that's great. Dying to self. That's 
that's true. I agree. Um, I agree. That's nice. Um, so we're getting a few answers. So we've got not to think of oneself higher than others. Humility um, to me means not seeing yourself higher than anyone else. That's interesting. I've got meekness. That's a good one. Humility means being humble. I actually agree with you. That is true. Um, so not self-depreciation, but reverence to God as all things come from him. I like that. Samuel, that's a good one. Being modest. I like that. That's also there. Trust and willing to learn. Great. That's good. Being respectful to others. That's a good one. Being teachable. It's interesting how wide humility is. Um, okay, I've got a few more. Serving and ministering to others in order to meet their needs. I like that one. That's very nice. Um, respect to everyone, irrespective of age, sex, or creed. That's nice. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got the idea. So let's look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, put on humility. So the question we have to ask ourselves, um, seeing myself the way God sees me, not higher or lower. That's very interesting. And that's a very good one. Your answers are pretty much all correct, but let's have a look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, when you say you're putting on humility, notice where you find the word. And the Bible says, for God resists the proud. So when you say, not thinking of myself higher than I should, I concede that. That doesn't mean you haven't got gifts, skills, or you haven't got values. No, no, no. Or you haven't got things to be um, not so much arrogant about, but proud or confident about. But it is because you're dealing with allowing God to have his way. Remember what we talked about, um, what Pastor Le explained about character is reproducing the personality and character of God. And that's what we're doing. When you think about that, what is humility for us? Humility is acknowledging that God is, because he is all wise, all knowing, and because he is in charge, because he is the Lord, because he knows tomorrow, because he holds our lives, because he loves us. We consciously submit to him. So we bow our will and our opinion of ourselves in such a way to allow God's will and purposes to come to pass. And effectively, that's humility. If you would like to go for a definition, let me just pull up um, the Bible. And this is what humility means. Humility, that's where we get modesty and humbleness of mind. That says the way I see myself. So um, that is what humility is. Now, my question would be, my next question, because that will drive us home. And then we've got four, uh, about three minutes before our declaration, which will be a nice break. So you'll have time to think. Um, I've got another one. That's nice. Being able to turn the other cheek when someone slaps or insults you. That is true. Um, and it's a very interesting one. That is true. Learn from others without being judgmental. Nice. Um, very nice. So my question, ladies and gentlemen, is this, can you give me the uh, person in the Bible, apart from, let, let's, when we're talking about humility, give me a, a person in the Bible or an example of humility, Jesus who humbled himself um, and died for us, that's nice, we've got Moses, Right, let's see. The woman who washed Jesus' feet, that's Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Absolutely wonderful. Esther, 
that was nice. She was very humble, basically, um, when she got in and being um, humble towards the Chamberlain who took care of her. Um, Mary Magdalene, I've got Ruth Nehemiah. Nehemiah is an interesting one. Why would you say Nehemiah? John the Baptist, that's an interesting one. Um, uh, we've got Abigail, that's nice. That's the lady who became the wife of um, David. Mary, the mother of Jesus, I agree with you completely. Paul, that is interesting. Paul is, um, Paul does, he articulates it really well. So ladies and gentlemen, we've got very many examples. But what I always find is um, David, he always relied on God throughout his many battles. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. But he didn't always rely on God. He made a few mistakes. And that's the beauty of our relationship with God. You can make a mistake and you can correct it and you're great to go on with God. So always remember that. Great. Um, Eunice, great, great. Actually, great to hear from you. Well done. That's absolutely fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, so I'm going to give you a time. Also, the woman who, that replied Jesus that even the crumbs were suitable for her and her daughter, that one I like. That's a nice one. Good example. The way she responded to Jesus, and Jesus said something about that lady, and I'll, I'll use that to bring us to the break for our declaration. Jesus said, your faith, he said, for this saying, your daughter is healed. And the Bible says that, oh woman, your faith has made you, um, your faith has made it to be so. And the Bible says her daughter was, was so. So ladies and gentlemen, it's 1913. We're going to take our declaration in about 45 seconds. The thief on the cross, that is true. He, he, that's very true. The centurion. Okay. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, what we'll do, we've got 30 seconds to go. All right, so can everybody get ready? So if you want to turn to the scripture for our declaration, you can turn to 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, and we're going to take our declaration. Um, we'll just wait for 7, 14, so we do it at the same time with everybody around the world. And the another one I've got is the centurion. Now, he was a very humble person because, remember, he was a conqueror, and he came to Jesus. You'll find the story in Matthew 8. And the beautiful thing about it is notice what Jesus said. And what Jesus said was that I haven't seen faith like this anywhere in Israel. And he grant, granted him what he asked for. Very interesting. So ladies and gentlemen, let's take our declaration. Oh Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves, we pray and seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord, forgive our sins and heal our land. In Jesus's name, we pray. We declare our land is healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. Absolutely fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. So what we're going to do is, and everybody says, amen. Fantastic. That's a great one. So let me give you my story. Your examples are all great. But let's have a look at the story. And this one, this one strikes me. And I hope this helps us thinking about humility. It will, uh, it will extend our conversation a little bit. And it will wrap up this section of what it means to develop this characteristic of God. I won't, we won't go into how, because we've gone through that in the last two or three weeks. But we'll have a look, a good look at it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, please turn in your Bibles to, let's go and... Uh, 
Can you turn to John chapter 5, and we're going to read verse from verse 1. Um, John chapter 5, we're going to read from verse 1, and I will read, um, I'm going to read in the Bible in basic English, because it's the story I'm really aiming for. So the story is, is, is my focus. John 5 um, from verse 1, um, the Bible in basic English. Okay. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now in Jerusalem, near the sheep market, there is a public bath, which in Hebrew, his name is Bethzatha, which is Bethesda. It has five doorways. In these doorways, there were a great number of people with different diseases, some unable to see, some without the power of walking, some with wasted bodies. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him there on the floor, it was clear to him that he had been now a long time in that condition. And so he said to the man, is it your desire to get well? The ill man said in answer, sir, I have nobody to put me into the bath when the water is moving. And while I'm on my way down, some other person gets in before me. Jesus said to him, get up take your bed and go. And the man became well straight away and took up his bed and went. And now the day was the Sabbath. And I'm going to stop reading. So that is John chapter five, reading from verses one to nine. It's a lovely story. And, and I say that it's um, John five, one to nine. Yeah, it's a lovely story. Absolutely lovely story. Great story. But notice, why did I pick that to demonstrate humility? And this is what I want you to please remember about humility. Jesus has been anointed and he has healed crowds of people. And when we say healed, he healed everybody. You'll find that um, in Matthew chapter 15, reading from verses um, 29 to 31, particular place Jesus sits on a mountain and they bring every type of sick person to Jesus and Jesus heals them all but this particular day God only wants to heal one person so Jesus has to walk through thousands of sick people until he finds the one person that God wants to heal now please what let me explain this that does not mean in any way, shape, or form, that Jesus's ability to heal or God's ability to heal through Jesus Christ had been diminished, not at all. But he was humble. And this is what humility is. He realized that God, although all of these people are sick, I am humble enough to acknowledge that it's your will that I am here to do. And so he heals one man and he leaves. And ladies and gentlemen, this is humility. It's not to say that you cannot do what you're, you're gifted at, but it is to put it under the guide and control of the Lord. More than likely it will be through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, whereby you allow the Lord to determine, should you do this or should you not? 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, notice what we read in 1 Peter 5, 5. And this is 1 Peter 5, uh, 5, 5 to 7. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So notice, humility is, and, and I heard this in one of the others. I listened to it on a podcast, and I think it was Candice who gave the answer, and I think, thought it was absolutely brilliant. Being humble is not bringing yourself down. Being humble is submitting to the person who you acknowledge is in control. In the same way, ladies and gentlemen, humility allows you, in my submission to God, I will also submit to the people around me that I need to so that God's will can be done. Now, one of the best examples you'll find, this, you'll find about this is in Ephesians chapter 5, reading from verse 21. Um, Ephesians 5 verse 21 and then we'll wrap up humility this is one of the nice ones and the fact that it's marriage week it is this is a great example the bible says and I'm going to read um, I'll read from the King James version of the bible from here for this one KJV um, the bible says submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God and then the bible goes on to speak about their very famous verses about marriage the wives submit yourselves to your husbands as unto the lord and the bible says the husband is submitted to jesus christ and so basically that whole cycle of submission it means everybody is cared for but notice what the bible says the bible says verse in verse 21 submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of god and this is where humility is shaped because you acknowledge that God is in control and he is in charge, you allow the Lord to cause you to exhibit humility, to acknowledge that I'm submitted to God. And therefore, I will allow the will of God to work through me. And that means I will prefer others and all your beautiful answers. I will serve others. I will care for others. I will listen to guidance and all the, all the wonderful answers that you gave. So what I want you to begin to realize is that gives you an example of humility. Jesus was still Jesus Christ. He was still the son of God. He was still everything that God had made him to be. And you realize the Bible says that he submitted to the will of God. And that meant that the, it was the will of God that came to pass. And that particular man that God had focused on got his day um, got his day and his miracle came. And my prayer for you is very simple. Let me just grab this opportunity. May your day come and may the person who's meant to help you hunt you down, just like Jesus hunted that man down. Amen. And so that's humility. That gives us a good example of humility. I will, let's, so let's move on. Okay, let's move on. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at the next characteristic, but this one, we're going to go to our next reading. Um, and our next reading is quite famous. Um, so the, the last characteristic that we're going to look at, or the characteristic that we need to develop, whereby we're developing the character of God. And we're, it's the character of, we're going to look at love. That's the big one, the big one, okay? The reason I say it's the big one, you'll understand in a minute. Can you please turn in your Bibles? What I'm going to do, um, I have two scriptures to, to pick on. So I'm going, to, I'm going to pick on this one. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8, um, before we go anywhere else. And we go to quite a few, uh, two or three other places. But listen, this is how the Bible describes love. 
And let me ask, let me put, ask, let me ask everybody to put this in the chat. Let's see whether we're, we're all on the same page. In your honest opinion, would you say loving or walking in love is easy or it's a challenge? Pop your answers in the chat. Um, and no one's going to hold it against you. Nobody go. Okay. Wow. I've got a few people challenge. <laughs> challenge. Ooh. Wow. Wait. I, wow. Challenge. Not easy. Challenge. Challenge. Trying. Challenge. Challenge. It's a bit of both. A challenge. Um, hold on. It's easy until you're faced with loving, very challenging people. <laughs> wow it's an absolute wow it's an absolute challenge big challenge sometimes it's a challenge a challenge challenge <laughs> i get your point challenge mitch bag depending on relationships um sometimes a challenge trying but not always successful pride makes it difficult yes we could we'll talk about that in a minute it's not easy, very challenging. Pride makes it difficult, not easy. Okay, pause for a moment. Okay, 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 okay. I find it, okay, easy. Uh, Olive, wonderful answer. Easy with the right person. Now that's very interesting. Let's, before we talk about love, let's see how important it is. Wow, let's see how important it is. So let's just flow with the Holy Ghost. Um, my plans just went out the window. Your answers are really good. Now, this is very interesting. Um, okay. This is what... Um, I, I'm going to pick up on something that somebody has said that um, about love being our nature. I'm going to pick up on that in a moment. That's, that's a good one. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to pop that onto a note. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's... let's put this in context it's very interesting that out of everybody pretty much i think almost 99% if not 100 said loving somebody is a challenge it's going to be fun night a very fun night let's see how important love is let's not go to any definitions yet let's just see how important love is Turning your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 22, 37 to 40. Now, this is this is a, a very popular scripture. Um, it's our foundational scripture for Jesus' house. And so let, listen to what Jesus said. And I'm just going to read. I'm, I'm Because of time, I'm going to pretty much drive on. But let's, hopefully by the end of tonight, something will change. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Then the Bible says, this is the first and the great commandment and the, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus then says, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So Jesus says, if you are finding it a challenge to love in and, and and pretty much we got a whole range of people i don't think and to be honest nobody made the distinction that loving god is easy but loving everybody else is a nightmare 
So there must be an equal amount of difficulty loving your father and loving others. And that's, I think, to be honest, guys, you've been the most honest. So it should be a fun night. Honestly, it should be a really fun night. So let's lay it down. Jesus said the two foundational commandments both include love. That means us not being able or having a challenge to love, whether it be God, whether it be ourselves, or whether it be others. No games tonight. Just gonna just want to go straight with it. Others, the Bible says all the law and the prophets hang on those. So all the promises that we are holding on to, all the blessings that we are holding on to, all the things about faith um, that we are holding on to, the Bible says if you don't know how to walk in love, all of those things are going to become difficult. And all of a sudden, Christianity will become a chore. And God never intended it to become a chore. So this is key. So what I want you to, to realize, <laughs> um, okay, another good question. I'm going to answer your question. Um, I've got that. So I'm, any questions I see, I'm actually copying. I'm copying. So um, sorry, let me just grab this one. Somebody just asked a great question. And I'm going to put it against the comment that we got earlier. Fantastic question, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic question. That's great. Okay, so let's continue. So Jesus says, loving God is important. Loving yourself is important. And loving your neighbor is important because he said everything else hangs on it. And so developing what is love or we're going to, I won't, I won't name it. I won't describe it yet. But having love in your life and walking in love every moment of every day pretty much is what we're here for. Now, this, this is careful. <laughs> um, I'm getting a few people modifying their answers. I love your answers. I hear you. <laughs> Yay. All right. It's interesting that we say loving is not a challenge. That's okay. We're going to get there. Everybody else said it was a challenge. All of a sudden, we're modifying our answers. Okay, let's go. So let's put that in context. So now let's understand. So let's look at what is the example we can look at. And then maybe we can define what love is and then look at how to get it into our lives. So this is the example that God gave us. And so he said, if you want to understand love, this is where you go. The first place, and I, I won't pick on any shows or, or anything like that. I could, but I don't want to. This is where you go. So ladies and gentlemen, please come with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. Uh, no, 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 no. 1 John 4, and we're going to read from 8 to 10. 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 4, 8, and then we'll go to 10. This is what the Bible says. So this is key. The Bible says, he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love. So pause for a moment. That means if I'm finding love difficult, it means there's a lot more of God that I have to discover beyond what I already know. So it's no indictment. It's just, let's just call a spade a spade that if I'm finding love difficult, the Bible says, if anybody does not love, he doesn't know God. That means come to an intimate reproductive knowledge of God, for God is love. So 
the love meter in my life is directly equal to my knowledge of God. Now, when we say my knowledge of God, that's not just cramming in a few scriptures. That is coming to an understanding of this is who God is. This is what God says he is and can and will do. And the willingness of God to do that for us, whereby we are coming into a reality, we're coming into the knowledge that, oh, in this situation, God would do it this way. So if I reproduce God's actions like this, then I know that I'm walking with God. And so that means we know. So let me give you an example. Um, in certain areas, if you listen to, uh, as a parent, and my, I'll use my, my mum is like this. She could predict so many things about me because she has a good knowledge of who I am. And she says, oh, look, what time is it? It's this. Okay, you're going to find that kid in front of the television or you're going to find that kid in the middle of a book or you're going to find that kid dodgy. And so basically her knowledge of me allowed her to predict where I was. Now, that's knowledge because she's not just had a child, but she understands that this is how this kid thinks. This is what this kid is made up. This is what his makeup is like. And these are the things he likes doing. These are the patterns that he follows. That's what it means to know somebody. And you'll notice if, and if you get to know someone, if you speak to somebody's really good friends, oh, listen, okay, do it this way or that way, because this is how they would respond. And so that's really important. So knowing God, all of us know God, you are saved and you are going to heaven, that's fine. But the essence is there's a point where you're knowing God so that you're able to reproduce what you see, which is excellent, or what you know. Okay, let's go on. First John 4, 9. The Bible says the following. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Okay, the Bible says herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation that is the full and final payment for our sins. So let's pause for a moment. The first thing the Bible says is, in this was manifested. Manifested means to make completely clear. If, if you ever travel and they ask, are you, when you're going to get on the flight, the document that people look at is called a manifest. It clearly explains these are all the people that are booked on the flight. If your name is not on this list, we are not going to put you on the airplane. If For those of you that remember what airplanes are, the things that fly in the air, remember those, they're, they're in museums now, but don't worry, that's all good. So what it means is in this was manifested the love of God towards us. That means this is how God made love clear. And the Bible says when he sent his son, his only begotten son, to pay for our sins, to die for us so that we might live. Now, keep this in mind. That means if we want to reproduce love, let's put it into a definition. Okay, so let's put it into a definition. Notice, when you want to understand what love is, we have to look at Jesus Christ and who he is. Okay, 
So if we want to define or we want to govern our actions, we have to look at Jesus Christ. Now, not just Jesus Christ, you have to look at God the Father who sends his only son to come to the world, live, and effectively pay the price for our sins so that we can have a relationship with him and then come back from the dead afterwards and ascend to heaven. Now, keep this in mind. That means let's put a definition on love, okay? So this one I will type. So looking at Jesus Christ, love is the sacrificial provision. Let me finish typing it and I'll say it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's in the chat. So now I'll give the definition. And if you're listening on the podcast, I will go slowly so you can write it down. That love is the sacrificial provision of what another needs in a way or manner that they may receive it. So it's in the chat, so you can copy it down and it's on the podcast. So listen carefully. So that means when I'm going to act in love, the focus is not me. Now, let me put it in, it is, the focus is not me. The focus is the person that I want to make sure God's goodness and kindness gets to. So it is other persons. Um, um, okay. Thank you, guys. Your questions are fabulous. And you're being very honest. These are going to, it's going to, we're going to have so much fun. The Bible says, notice verse 10 has to, you also have to come to verse 10 and never forget this. When God sent Jesus into the world, let's clarify, we were his enemies. Let's put it in context. I remember the first time somebody told me in secondary school, I, I was um, doing my A-levels. He said, do you know you're going to hell? I said, let me explain to you, bro. Not only am I going to hell, I'm going to split hell wide open. So no need for you to preach to me. And I said, if I count to five and you're still here, then physical violence is going to happen. And that's the kind of person I was. I was a maniac. And I was at doing my very best to trash my life. Now, let's put it in context. Every single person on this call before you met, you were not born saved, not a single person, meaning until Jesus. <laughs> wait, wait, guys, I will take your questions. I promise I go to pause and I'm going to take your questions. All right. Don't worry. All right. Should we stop making? <laughs> All right. I'm coming. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm having too much fun. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I, I'm going to copy this question. That's fabulous. Okay. <laughs> wow oh this is gonna be so much fun all right so let's clarify so let's remember when god sent his son into the world we were his enemies that is what love is now this is what we have to remember this is what god wants us to reproduce so keep that in mind 
Now, there are different levels of love. We don't have much time to go through it. We may go through it during the week, but that's um, on another day. But let's keep this in mind. So what God wants to do is when God said, this is my standard of love at my expense and at risk to creation, I will come and I'll make you better. And God says, this is what love is. That does not mean love does not have a reward. That's not true because the risk God or the risk God took was I'm going to send my son to save your lives. But notice what has he got back? He's got his son back because Jesus came back from the dead because dead, death in the grave couldn't hold him. But he has also got millions and millions and millions and millions of sons and daughters back. And everybody on the planet has the opportunity to spend eternity, life and eternity with God. God, there are rewards to love. I'm not saying it's not expensive, but there are rewards that will outrun your investment. Am I making myself clear? So reason I said that is this. So now we have to ask ourselves a question then. It sounds like an impossible standard. Now, this is the beautiful thing about the Bible because it feels like, well, you know what? I can't love this person because, and also let's put it in context. Jesus, okay, uh, let's put it in context. So let's understand that this is the standard God wants, but it's not an impossible standard. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I heard on a podcast a week ago, whereby you looked at Romans 5.5, 5, and the Bible says that the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts, meaning you don't have to generate love. The Lord will pour it out into you. So let's put that, we've spoken, um, you've spoken about that before. So let's put this in context. That means for me to love my brother or my sister, Jesus is going to make it possible for me to do so. How? Let's put this in context. Let's put this in context. The Bible says God is love. Okay, simple math mathematics now. The Bible says God is love. The Bible also says God is his word. That means when you put the word of God into your heart, that means when you read, study, meditate, confess, and act on the word of God, you will build love into your system. So that's how God will get love on your insight in the very same way. That's the first thing. The second thing I want you to remember is this. The Bible says in 1 John 5, reading from verses 7, just in the next verse, the Bible says, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are one, meaning God's Spirit. So God is love, God's Word, God is His Word, therefore, the primary source of God's love is his word. The person who makes God's love happen and will shed it abroad in your heart is his spirit. Now, this is key. That means if I'm going to walk in love, the Lord has to put it within me because as I, I, I read somewhere, someone said that it's our nature. 
it was until we were corrupted. And it's one of the things that we are being transformed back into, but we're not there yet. We are in the process of redeveloping, rediscovering who we were before the damage happened. And this is the wonderful part. So now, ladies and gentlemen, please turn. And because I can do this, because I know that we've spoken about this, about bearing fruit. Now, please turn with me to Galatians chapter five. And let's have a look. Um, we're going to verse 22 to 23. And I hope today it becomes really clear. This is not, this is nice and clear. And so I'm going to read um, Galatians 5, verse 22. Listen carefully. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, meaning. If I live my life in the Holy Spirit, the outcome that will happen to me almost without my effort, it will happen naturally, is that I will develop and I will overflow in the love of God. Now, let me put that in context for you. When you plant a seed, let's say you plant a, a rose seed, nothing that you're going to eat, roses. If you do eat roses, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I mean, just that's absolutely good. Just let me know when I'm coming to, to your house for a meal. This is carefully. So keep that in mind. So if you plant roses seeds, what do you add to them to make them grow? You only add water. The water causes a process to begin in the seed that is pre-programmed to produce a rose, which is a fruit. So ladies and gentlemen, if you, as the Bible says, <laughs> so I'm going to put scripture against scripture now. So the Bible says, but the fruit of the spirit is love. And I'm going to pause there. Notice the word says is love. That's singular. So this is what happens because God is love. When you walk in his spirit, he reproduces himself in you. And that is where the love that you extend to others comes from. It does not come at your expense. It comes at God's expense. What is your expensive part? Your expense is to put God in, but it will give you the ability to pour God out more than you put him in. So this is very key. So what that means is, and I'm going to show you again, that this is how you live in the overflow of loving God. The person that you need in your life is the person of the Holy Spirit. He brings it all together. He takes the word, he brings it together, and he makes the love of God flow inside you so that you are able to extend that to God, you, and others. So it is not, so when we say it's a challenge, the Bible says that we haven't worked out how it works, and that's okay. But now we realize that, okay, so the Holy Spirit is the person who makes it all work. He causes the love of God to be shaped in my heart so I can extend it to others. 
and he does it in, in quite remarkable ways. And so let me put this in, 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 in context for you. you. As you begin to walk with the Lord, you'll find that there are certain things you can't turn away from. We call them gifts, skills. They happen whether you like it or not. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And so what happens is, so, so mine, let me explain what mine is. My desire to make sure that the Bible is simple and God is understandable, I can't control it. I, I, it happens to me wherever I am. Yesterday was a case in point. I was relatively tired and my phone rang quite late. Somebody I really, I'm really close to was on the phone. I wasn't necessarily prepared for a conversation. I actually was literally, I was in halfway in between and out of sleep. I was just catching a rest because I had a, a meeting and it was quite late in the evening. And if my phone rings and the person starts speaking, I could not stop myself extending the love of God to this person because that's what the Holy Ghost does. And once I realized it was him, I just let it go. The rest went out the window, which was absolutely fine. And I started doing what God does. And this is the strangest thing. By the time I had finished talking 45 minutes later, I felt like I had had an, a bottle of Lucozade, so to speak. I was buzzing. This is what the Holy Spirit means when the fruit of the Spirit is love. He will begin to cause within you the love of God to pour out of you, but it's not going to be at your expense. He's not going to cause you to love somebody so that you detrimentally treat yourself badly or you treat yourself detrimentally. So let's put it in order. This is what God says you should do. The first thing he wants you to do is love him for a very simple reason. That is where you will not only learn what love is, but God will fill you with his love through five methods. The word prayer, worship, obedience, and giving. Ladies and gentlemen, when you spend time with God in those five things through the person of Jesus Christ and by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the love of God will find a place in your heart. You'll find that as you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit will cause the Bible to come alive. And after the, you realize that your needs are met, so you become more confident, you become more assured, you may get a miracle, you realize the Bible never stops. And then now you have more than enough. So when you're now extending it to somebody else, you tell them, oh, by the way, the Bible says. And so all of a sudden you begin to overflow. You begin to overflow. That's God putting himself in you so you can share that with others. So uh, one of the things I've found is God has been very kind to me. I wasn't kind before, but the kindness of God has enabled me to extend kindness to others. And I like the feeling. It's, it's, it's a much better feeling than being cruel or nasty. And I was cruel and nasty because I was broken. So I was very protective of myself. I was very protective of my inside, my space, the way I did things. So I was mean to people. And so, but what you begin to realize is when you begin to love God, he begins to heal those things. And then you begin to extend him to others. And the Bible calls this love. Okay, last scripture for today, and I just I want to answer a few questions. So last, um, 
No, 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 no. I'm here next week. I'm going to push it to next week. So let's let's let me answer a few questions and then we'll close it out for tonight. So let me pick up on a couple of things you said. Um, the first one is love is our nature. So this is what somebody said that so love is easy. It's just the person in particular and the situations that are challenging. That's not true. And I'll tell you why. Most people don't know how to love themselves. They have a really difficult time with loving themselves. Now, I'll give you an example. How many of you on this call give yourself one full day of rest? Like the Bible says you should. That means out of, <laughs> may you're unique. All right, give yourself one full day of rest. I don't. And I seriously, no, no, I don't. I can't. I, I have a reason to dodge it every single time. I may give myself half an hour, but I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I'm resting, I feel very guilty. Yeah, I feel very, very guilty. And so what you begin to realize, notice how many people have answered. When we said was love a challenge, everybody flooded it through. Now we have two very special people who give themselves a day off. Right. OK, so now we're going to have a few more. But listen carefully. Notice, loving yourself takes work. I agree. You had to, exactly. So now we're telling the truth. It's not easy. It's the same thing because loving yourself is not easy because sometimes we're so terrified of stopping because there are standards and thoughts on our inside. We don't do it. So listen, where do we learn to love ourselves? We go to God and his love envelopes and envelopes us when it envelopes us we realize that oh so i can stop and i can still be loved i don't always have to be hitting targets i don't always have to be meeting standards i don't that god you love me for who i am not for what i do and all of a sudden you can take a day off all of a sudden you can say no to a meeting all of a sudden you'll realize that family time is more important than just being all over the place and then you also realize that god will prosper you with 90% of your time or 90% of your resources faster than he will with 100% because that's what he says. Now, this is what I want you to begin to realize. Love might be, a, it's not the other person's problem. Whenever you find that there is a love problem, it is a knowledge of God problem. Because the more I get to know God, the more I will get to love me. I will begin to heal. I'll begin to see myself as God loves me. I will begin to realize what God has blessed me with. I'll begin to realize that my circumstances are not in control. I'll begin to realize that I have a father who loves me and I have a father who loves me the way I am meant to be loved. And that will blow everybody's mind. And that's what you begin to realize. So keep it in mind, whenever there is a love problem, it is a knowledge of God problem before you start looking at yourself or beating yourself up. What that means is, what I want you to begin to realize is this, and it is not another person's problem, okay? It's not another person's problem. The reason I say so is this, it takes, once you learn to let the Holy Ghost flow through you, loving others actually becomes quite easy because you have to take your eyes off yourself off standards and put them on God and say, God, if you want to really bless this person, I will do so. That's when you're polite to the person who's rude to you. You're polite to the shop assistant who's 
who's mean to you, who might be having a bad day. And then all you have to do is think one step sideways and loving the person in front of you becomes easy because you realize they are a person just like me. So maybe they're having a bad day. So let me cut them some slack. Yeah, I try not that. Okay, I've got a grandson, okay? And he's got special needs. Okay. And, and to get close to him, for him to trust you, you have to show him love. Okay. And I find that since he been, you know, like since he been born, I find that I can love him and show him so much love that I never used to do before. So, so for me, love comes so easy and natural because that's what he likes. Okay, but let's put this in context. Notice, mm. if I put a newborn baby in your arms, mm -hmm. you are more than likely to love the person because it comes more naturally because they are vulnerable and mm -hmm. because there's a sense of care and protection that kicks in. Mm -hmm. It is when we think that the other person doesn't deserve it or the other person has mm -hmm. more than we have or we are having a bad day, all of a sudden mm. it becomes a challenge. But I think you are an amazing grandma. I think you're doing an absolutely amazing job and your grandson is in safe hands. And this is key. When but you he's spend time- now. He's that's okay. I, yes. that's, he's 14, you're doing great. Listen carefully. <laughs> mm. When you spend time with God, God mm. will fill you up so you can share with him what is required. You're doing mm -hmm. great. Thank mm. you for sharing that with us. You're mm. doing great. Okay. Now what okay. I want you also, another thing I've got here. So let me just pick up another question. Thanks Rita. That was a great, great comment. So what we've got is this. Um, so what I've got is an OMG. We are created in God's image. So if we are having this challenge, does that mean we don't love God? No, it just means we don't know him very well. There are things about him that we don't know. It's the same way of having a car and not reading the manual. And that happened to me. I had a car for two and a half years. I tried to, they, I knew there were lights on my mirrors and I couldn't find out how it worked. So one day I was cleaning my car, I had nothing better to do. And I started flipping through the manual and it said, oh, if you do this and this and this, when you close the door, the lights on your car will come on. I said, really? <laughs> and I thought, wait, I've had this car for two and a half years and it hasn't been doing this because I didn't read the manual. Not that the car couldn't do it or not that the car didn't want to do it for me. It's just that I hadn't found out in the very same way, ladies and gentlemen, when we say that you, we, it's not that we love, that we don't love God. Listen carefully. It's that we just don't know as much as we should, or there's always more to discover. So keep that in mind. So let me put this in, in, and let me grab this question as well. It says, Pastor Badge, hmm, some people know how to press your buttons. That this, your definition of love, will take the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to love. Let me put this in context. I agree. There are some people on the planet who are wired to trouble you. That's okay. But let's put this in context. That's how we were to God. And let me say this carefully. The love of God, although expensive, is the most powerful change agent on the planet. Because when you extend the love of God to somebody who doesn't deserve it, more than likely they will come up to your level. I did not say it is cheap, but I did say it is possible. 
I've seen it work in a variety of areas. Many funny stories. I don't really have many time, much time to tell them, but in all sincerity, try it. When I'm not saying it will work the first time, but when you become persistent and stick with it, trust will be developed and that person will come up to your level. Last one says, should we stop making the statement, if you love me, then you will. That is not a fair statement. Notice, love, when God sent Jesus, he asked you for nothing. And this is key. That means love is other person's focused, but it is not other person driven. That means I don't only love you when you love me. Jesus said, notice in Matthew 25, reading from verses 25 to the end, he's notice what Jesus said about the people who will go into the kingdom of God. He says, when I was naked, when I was in prison, when I was sick, when I was homeless, when I was, uh, Bajos paraphrase, and uh, sugar levels are low. So what that means is he said, when you've done it to the least of my brethren, you've done it to me. The Bible also says, he said, what good is it if you love people who can thank you for it? When you are kind to those who can't thank you for it, God will reward you. And so what I want you to realize is this, this particular characteristic, this particular fruit of the Holy Spirit, notice God will make sure it exists within you as you spend time with him, as you are apply his word and his allow his spirit to apply his word to you and then as you begin to do it to others it will get easier and easier so what am i saying take baby steps and when i say take baby steps i'm not saying it's going to be perfect but i am saying the bible says it will not fail First Corinthians chapter 13, reading from verse eight, the Bible says love never fails. It doesn't say it's not cheap. And we're going to start from there next week. But it does say it is infallible. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you had a good time tonight. Um, God's been kind to us. So we'll, what we're doing is now we're going to switch. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up. We're going to start from this point in love. But for the next three weeks, we're going to look at the person who makes it all happen. And that's the Holy Spirit. I hope it helped tonight. Hope you've had fun. I've had a lot more fun than I expected to. I have. You guys are absolutely wonderful. Rita, I think you're the best grandma in the world. You definitely deserve the prize. I wish you the very, very best. Guys, have a wonderful night. God bless you. Mm -hmm.